I've been telling Marcus I would do this for about 75 years. So I, thought... <laughs> I know, I know. And I've, I've always been like, every time Marcus says, oh, I think it's going to happen, I'm like, I get so elated because you, we're going to introduce you in a second. For me, as an artist, as a musician, as a painter, as an actor, as a human, you exude art <laughs> and poetry and, and life and joie de vivre in a way that's always been very inspiring to me as, as someone who's been making art for a very long time and has, you know, ha- wore many hats to see you grow up and continue to be unequivocally yourself and make art that's just so meaningful has been really inspiring to me as, as I get older and I, and I, I go, oh, I see that, that there's just so much joy in continuing to make art. So today we I, have... Actually, let the, me say something before. So, we, I of mean, course. One of, the reasons, one of the reasons I couldn't do this before was I had the stalker and the New Yorker thing and it, my life was just... And I couldn't really talk about these things because it would make it worse. And so I just avoided doing anything like yeah. this cause, because I hate to be, you know... To not be candid, and I couldn't be candid. So it was, I've been avoiding things like this for a while, but I think it's, I'm comfortable to do it now. Anyways, all right, should we start? And yeah, you also so... Had a, you had an excellent show to... So, to yeah, we, we have the... Mag- priorities. We have the magnanimous... Uh, we have John Lurie here, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. And, you know, off the coattails of the excellent season three of HBO's Painting with John. Um, You know him from... Well, Marcus, why don't you give a little introduction? Oh, well, I mean, both of you have kind of beat me to the punch, both John and Scott. Um, This is an interview that's been in the making for years, although at the start of my film site, Pinland Empire, John Lurie was one of the first people to that allowed me to interview him. It was a quick interview, but he was nice enough to answer some questions. And then I wanted to kind of get into a, a bigger a bigger talk in, in less written form. So this is really awesome for him to do. As an as a artist, as an actor, as a musician, he means so much to me. We're going to get into all that. Um, yeah, so Scott, do you like movies? I do like movies. John, do you like movies? Well, I like good movies, but there's so few of them these days. We... We were going to touch on that uh, at some point because I feel the same way. Absolutely. But Again, we we were a weekly movie podcast, and we tried so hard to continue, but but oh, you the, ran out of decent movies to do, so you had to stop. <laughs> ran out of decent new movies. I'm not. I don't. I'm not one of those people that says new art is dead. It's not. There's it's a not. lot of exciting stuff, but the plethora is is not quite there, and. If I may just if I if I may just rewind a bit and and please stop me if you know you or whatever you know I again I've been a fan of your music your acting and then and then your art I've been telling people about your art for a very long time and then a few years ago I'm at my dear friend Ted's house he used to have drawing salons and we would just draw and listen to music and we'd often listen to some of your music and and then there was again stop me if if cuz you you brought it up you brought it up john so <laughs> i i'm reading this i'm seeing this new yorker article and yeah. and i'm like what you know john Lurie is just going through some shit and uh, where can i just say one before sure. that new yorker article was the article itself was the worst thing that ever happened to me. That go, article, go on. Go on. You can, Do you want to talk well, about it? Well, I don't it? want to get... It's so complicated to go into the whole thing, but... I can't. I mean, okay. If we just, if the whole thing would be about that. It's complicated, and it's really ugly, and there's barely a quote that's correct. There's barely a fact that, that is correct, and it made a very serious, dangerous situation worse. Much worse, and they reneged on all the promises they made before I agreed to do the article regarding the stalker, and yeah, I, I, that New Yorker article. 
I mean, it hasn't been a day since that article came out since I, that I can have not thought about how to address it. So, well, may I say yeah. one thing? Yeah, go ahead. It really introduced me to your painting. Ah. And that, that, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> the only thing in that article about my, I agreed finally to do the article when the guys kept saying how much he loved my painting, paintings. And the only thing in that article about my paintings is that they have bunnies in them. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 to it made me search out your art. Uh, and like, I, I, you know, would, if you know you had a showing, I would go see it. I would tell people like, yo, John Lurie is making this art that's just that just is very beautiful and meaningful and transcendent and has this brushing style this painting style that's just very intricate and then cool. yeah tell me a little bit about your painting and 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 how that's really become this part of your saga in in 2001 i got really sick um which turned out it took me a long time to find out what it was, but I have advanced Lyme disease. And I'm like 70% better than I was in 2001, 2002. But at the beginning, I, mean, I couldn't, I had to stop everything. I closed my office, I closed the record company, sort of ended the band, and just went to doctors all the time to try to figure out what was wrong with me. And which band was this at the time? The, the Lounge Lizards. Okay. And I was also doing the Marvin Pontiac. We'd made a record, and I was going to make another one, but I couldn't couldn't do anything. And so, and then I I started working on a book, which was going to be called "What Do You Know About Music? You're Not a Lawyer." <laughs> Sorry, but That's eventually funny. it became um, a history of bones that came out with Random House about a year ago, a little more, two years ago, and. But I was writing and writing and writing. I thought I was dying. And so I was writing fast. And um, then the Lyme disease, it made the brain fog so bad that you'd start to write a sentence. And before you'd even finish the sentence, you'd forget what you were writing. So I had to well. put the. So it became sort of like something that had some literary quality to it. It would just be, I closed the refrigerator door. You know, <laughs> just, it, it was just. Right. And I, so I stopped and I put it aside. And then I was just in my apartment watching Law and & Order and going to the doctor. And it was really hard because at the time, advanced Lyme disease was not considered a legitimate diagnosis. Uh -huh. and, and I just I was going through two years of just hell trying to find out what was wrong with me. And so I was in here, I just started painting again. I used to paint back in the 70s and 80s. And I just sort of started painting for myself. And then it just, one day it was just like, whoa, this could be what music was. So then I started painting like more seriously. And, that, and now I can, I can listen to music, which I couldn't even listen for a long time. And I can play the guitar and harmonica, but I can't play the saxophone anymore, which is what's my main instrument um, because of something it does to the body when you try to play it. Um, but so music is back in my life now after a long time having it gone. Well, that's good to hear. That that's great. It's um, it's funny because speaking of tying in music, not necessarily your music and art, this is just another example of how your stuff always pops up in my life since I was legitimately a little kid. I'm 41 years old now. How a few years ago, in the style that Scott was explaining. It was to my surprise that you did the album cover for Bus Driver's um, third uh, yeah. most recent album. Yeah, that's a while ago, though, no? Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Eight it years ago now, you're 41. Eight years ago is a while ago to most people, see? That's true. You have to learn this. I turned yeah, 70. Yeah, it's a lot for me. <laughs> well, how old are you? I'm uh, 40. I turned 70 this year, and it really sort of, it sort of changed it. It sort of changes how you think about everything. A mazel like tov. Eric Marcus, who, who is like basically half of Painting with John, who does the camera, and he's, I don't know, 35, 36, and I refer to him as a kid, but he's 35. I'm, since I turned 70, sort of everybody's a kid now. Right. Anyway, I just completely derailed you. Sorry. 
that's uh, just so you know that that's a lot. A lot of that happens on this podcast. We have a general, we have a couple of general talking points, but we we veer off a lot. So don't even right. worry about that. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. What was is was but it, it seems so random to me because later we're going to get to there are some ties to earlier New York City hip hop you have, but this uh, avant garde art rapper from underground legend from California, you do his album cover. How did they even come about? Is that a connection between you and him, or was it something? Yeah, else? yikes! I, I can't. Um, I hardly even remember. What? Right. What? What's? Do you remember what paintings on the cover? Oh, I don't. Um. I think that was just somebody who approached, you know, my office kind of, and I said, "Sure." I can't. I can't remember this. I, sorry. No, that's no problem. Random fact that a lot of people don't know: his bus driver's daughter is Sam Fuller's grandfather. Oh, but this was bus driver you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. So that I do remember. I mean, he seemed like a really nice guy, and and right. uh, I did listen to the track. I heard one track, and it sounded okay. And so I said, okay. Um, and he was very respectful, and yeah, you seemed like a really decent person. Yeah, I don't know if you had heard me earlier, did, but did uh, yeah, his daughter is Sam Fuller's grand uh, grandfather. Oh, yeah, it, well, it's Krista, such a random thing I learned years it, ago. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, well, Krista is that her name, Krista Fuller? Uh, no, no, no. Well, his 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 ex is Sam Fuller's daughter, but I'm not sure of his daughter's name. But it's just such another funny random connection. One of my favorite rappers is. You know, the father to Sam Fuller's uh, granddaughter. I think that's so wow. That is weird. Uh, yeah, you I did, did. I met Sam Fuller. You did the cover for Fuller. Perfect Hair. <laughs> he did have perfect hair. <laughs> uh, can uh, so, how did painting with John come about? And you're saying that you've had a little trouble with the music, but the music with painting with John is ecstatically beautiful. Well, that's going to be a lot to answer. Uh, the music, um, season one, we used existing stuff of mine that I owned. Okay. And that was Eric really did that. I mean... Who's, and tell us about Eric. Okay, Eric. No, I, I, it was just... You, now you're giving me 12 things to answer. But, I'm so um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop okay. asking questions. So, Eric, how, how the whole thing came about was... So, me and... Nezrin were living on the island and we had to come back to New York to probably see a doctor or a dentist or something and I was in the middle of this painting where I was adding watercolor and ink together in a certain way and this happens often I put I have usually several paintings going at once and I invent techniques as I'm going and if I put one aside for two three months and then I come back and say how the fuck did you do that I don't know how I did that and so I had her just videotape me on the phone with her phone. Except me and Nesrin are messing with each other all day long, and um, either she teased me or I teased her, and we were going back and forth at each other, and it was really funny. So we thought, and because it was even, it was right before COVID started, but you know, Trump was president, and there was climate change, and. Palestine and Yemen and, and, and China and, and the world would just seem to be getting some people just seem so grim mm-hmm. so we thought we would just make these one minute things to put on Instagram to cheer people up and then I thought there was this kid I still call him a kid um, and how I met him was you know, I, I was on Facebook, and, and I'm still on Facebook, but I Facebook and Twitter, and I would respond to people. I, I would answer them. So people would ask me about Lyme disease, or people would ask me about health stuff, or they asked me about painting or music, and I would get, you know, 20, 30 things a week from people, and I would respond. I wouldn't just ignore it. And then I just felt like people were getting a little bit selfish with my time, Mm-hmm. And I got this message somewhere on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere saying, I have this thing that I think you, you would like to see. And I just and I wrote this really nasty email back saying, you know, f- fuck you. I have my own life. You know, <laughs> and then, sure. you know, an hour later, I just like, what did you just do? That was so rude. And so I wrote back 
And he said, he doesn't even remember it like this, but I, remember, I apologize. Well, what was it, you know, that I didn't mean to lash out at you like that? And this was Eric, of course. And what he had done was made a one-hour loop of um, the Fishing with John opening titles with image and music over and over and over again and put it on YouTube. And it was quite pleasant somehow. Yeah. And which I didn't expect at all. I thought it was going to be some selfish thing. Can you listen to my band? We've been together for four hours. But no, it was just really, it was a, a gift back to me. And then he made, when we put out Marvin, the Asylum Years, is it the Asylum, whatever, Asylum Tapes, I think it is. When we put out the second Marvin record, he did a couple of videos to songs. He did the, um, I don't have a cow he did, and, and they were kind of great. And, you know, they were kind of throwaway, but they were great. So when we were going to go back to do this thing, I said, let's have this kid come, and he'll film me and you, I'm talking to Nezra now, me and you doing this, um, these one-minute banter things so that we don't have to deal with, the, you know, the camera and stuff. And Nezra said, well, we have to meet him. You can't just, have, you know, have him come and live with us. So he came to New York, and we met him, and we liked him. And then he said he didn't need a hotel, and I found out later he stayed He stayed awake walking around New York City all night until his bus left in the morning. Wow. So anyways, he came down, and then it turned out he was so talented. He was so gifted. And then he took, he filmed me painting for a while, and he put it this montage together with Goodbye to Peach, which was a, um, a mostly a saxophone solo thing that I did. And it was gorgeous. And I had no idea that that was going to work like that. That was not my idea at all. But it was quite hypnotic. And I thought, oh, well, maybe this could actually be a show. And But still we didn't know, but we sort of started doing it. And, and we spent a bunch of time on it just because we liked working on it. And then I did a podcast, one of the five podcasts I've done led to the show going to HBO with the guy, Matt Dwyer, who did the podcast. Do you mind? I sent him 13 minutes of, of what became Painting with John. He said, do you mind if I send this to Adam McKay? And I said, sure, I don't care. And then Adam McKay got in touch with me. He said, can I send this to HBO? Wow. And uh, I said, sure. It's not expecting it was going to, you know, it's like my home movies were going to then be on HBO. But, you know, but... And so for this podcast, I'm, ex I'm expecting some giant reward, you know, that you guys are going to see, because the other pod last podcast I did led to the show on HBO. So, so what's you, the next thing, Blank well, so you John? Got, you, got to, you guys got to get me a show at the, you know, the, the Met or something. Okay, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll try that. I'll put in the work to do that. I'll call, I'll call the three people I know, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we have I, I think I answered all your questions now in that nine-hour answer. You did. It was incredible. Thank you. And I'm sorry for for stacking so many questions. Uh, I'm just I'm so I'm so excited to have you here, and uh, you're being so generous with your answers and your time, because yeah, it's it's really awesome. You have this show that comes out in the '90s, Fishing with John, which is this, you know. It's you it's fishing a cult classic at this cult, point. Cult, yeah, like well, it has been for a long time. I think there are the, fake there are fake cult classics, like things that people call cult classics, and then there's cult classics like Pete and Pete or Fishing with John, which is yeah. I think I think it's, it's a legitimate cult classic, but I had no idea for a while. But yeah, I think but it's that's a, but that's that, that's one of the big definitions of a cult classic. The creator doesn't even know for a while that you know it, it has this following because I think a big part of it is criterion because when fishing with john first came out both scott and i were little kids so it's not like i don't even think we had ifc but then because of criterion you buy the disc i was you know i think i was in my very early 20s and i was like wait this show existed because by then i was well versed in the world of john lurie and i was like what oh i didn't know this existed and then everyone around my age a little bit older a little bit younger that's how i know that they discovered that show you know and i think that's I don't know the demographics, but I have a feeling that folks, Scott, you know, our age, Scott and I's age, both a little older, a little younger, are such a big target audience for painting with John. I hope that happens with the music, too, because the music kind of went by without getting, in America at least, 
without it getting its yeah just well, rewards. Oh, oh, I don't go ahead. No, no, it's funny you bring that up because I think, and I think I don't want to speak for Scott, but he can he can kind of attest to this. Folks like me, I discovered your music through hip hop, like classic New York City hip hop. Because in the early eighty, late seventies, early eighties, there wasn't much of, or well, maybe you could speak to this. You were there. There, there didn't seem to be much of a a wall between this music genre, that music genre. You know what I mean? I think it, yeah. it's obvious. People talk about Basquiat and you, but it was because of Rem LZ. That's how I discovered who Basquiat was, and then eventually. Well, you knew Rem as you knew Rem LZ first. I knew who he was first, yeah, when I was very young. Because as, as a kid, well, at, in my mid-teens, I really, really loved the movie Wild Style, like a lot. Ah. And he has a famous scene at the end where he's rapping on stage while holding a shotgun. And this is this is before he was wearing the mask and everything. He was, he was fully... I mean, he talk about people who didn't get what they deserved. He was electric. He, oh. I never met any... I mean, both yeah. me and Jean-Michel would cower from Ram LZ. He was, he was the one. Ram you know, LZ like, is one of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah. And, and I don't even think, who knows what... He was doing this stuff with epoxy, which fucked up his lungs. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that that's part of like his, his way early passing. It, 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 well, yeah, also, I mean, I, you know, I would see him and he'd be, he couldn't breathe, you know, and... Uh, but those things he was doing with epoxy were, were inc- beautiful. I mean, he, he just was really something. Of course he died young. There's no way a Ram Elsley could have lived to be an old man. Well, yeah. He was but just on fire. He was just on fire. I mean, just to sit around with him and, like, talk. And he was just like, bam, 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 you know. And just, like, the things he would say was just, like, poetry beyond, yeah. Okay, so, oh, so then I take it that, that you knew him well. Yeah, we were friends. We were close. And when, when I got my place on 11th Street, we had one room. It be- eventually became Kazu's room. But before, when I bought this, I got this, didn't buy it. I, got, I rented this big apartment on 11th Street, and I had this empty room. So I put this, one of those basketball hoops, like eight-foot basketball hoops in the room in this little ball. And I would play with Ram LZ in there. <laughs> we would play really? basketball. That's yeah. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. You're the third person I know who I've talked to that, that, that knew Reynolds. I, I know Jamel Shabazz, the famous photographer. He, he knew him. And a DJ buddy of mine knew Reynolds. So I'm always in awe of anyone that like knew him first. Reynolds was something else. He really was something else. He's, I mean, he's the godfather of any kind of left field kind of what's, I'm using air quotes, weird hip-hop. He's essentially the godfather of that. And also no, the he's, whole idea he's, of being a, what's that? He's he is the prototypical avant-garde rapper, and also just the mask on the face before Ghostface Killer, before MF Doom, Makami, like all those guys. Some don't even know it. Like the newer rappers that put the mask over their face and do hip hop, probably are unaware that they're indirectly influenced by Ram LZ. I think, I, you know. Yeah, making me sad. All right, let's. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, sorry. But but we can get back to. I mean. Scott was talking about the show because we always just assume that it's like, I mean, you cleared it up, but there's there's such a, especially the first season was still in that wave of like quarantine where everyone was painting part, painting with John. Directions we're indoors. talking about we're yeah. talking about painting with John. Yeah, we're talking about okay. painting with John. Yeah, yeah. I I have a, I mean, that had to have been a big draw also because it had this quarantine vibe, you know, back in what was it, 2021, I think, when the first season. 2020? I don't know when it came out. It might have been 2020 because we're on season three. And we were working on it in 2020. I'm not sure when it came out. Nezrin would know. Nez, when did the first season come out? 2020. 2020, says the yeah. voice from the bedroom. It sounds yeah. That sounds about right because I remember... Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. She's correcting it now. January 2021. January 2021. Yeah, so we worked... Hey, can you that read me a sense. piece of Nicorette gum? And can I chew while we're on the radio? Let me, if this sounds Ooh. shitty, give me two pieces. Yes, okay. I hate no, it's you. okay. Huh? It huh? adds flavor. Really exactly. What sounds really loud? Gum. If, if, the, if you guys hear the gum, tell me and I'll stop chewing it. No, it's really no okay. No problem. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I interrupted you. So it came out in 2020, we, 2021, and we shot it in 2020. Okay, yeah. It's and funny. Then, oh, go ahead, Scott. It's funny because... Um, 
shortly before your show came out, we had. So I'm friends with John Wilson of How to with John Wilson. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's been on the show before. And I, I had him on the show, and I was like, yo, I sort of feel like there is like a connection between, you know, what you're doing and fishing with John. And he was like, yeah, totally. And then whether he knew or not, maybe a month after, uh, fishing with John came out. And, and whether, you know, whether it's a sequel to fishing with John or not, I, I don't know. But it's, it's amazing to be able to bookend these artistic moments, you know, 30 years between each other. And also, you were killing it with the style in Fishing with John, with with the fishing shirts, with the Jordans. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that style. I've been trying to, tr- me and my, me and a bunch of my friends have been trying to make that work, in, you know, for a while. It's just such a good look. Well, it's funny about John Wilson, because I, I, when Painting with John came out, I got accused of copying him. That's so ridiculous. No, it's fine. I, I, I mean, I heard he got canceled. I wonder how they make these decisions. Uh, the his final season is coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, if if it makes you feel any better, in in our stratosphere, it was if anything, it was compared in a positive way. I never, I don't, I can't recall anyone always copying. I think no, no, there wasn't, there wasn't really anything negative. I, I think, that, I think the. the those two shows kind of gave people hope for TV kind of exactly. taking yeah, a that, little that, turn. I, I completely agree. But now, I'm not sure, you know, I probably shouldn't get to it, but with HBO becoming Max, you know, the corporateness of it, I think, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm really loving season three so far of Painting with John. I think, well... I thought episodes one and three were a little bit not, but I think Potato episode two of season three is the best one of all of them. And then Flea, because, but with Flea, I had COVID. And, you know, he came all that way. We had to do it then. And I was so sick. I mean, I was just, it was just such a shame. Because we've had 10 phone conversations that were more entertaining than the show since. But I, I think that, the only thing that was important to me with that episode and with all the entire first season was that the love between me and him comes through, and I think it does. But oh, with, absolutely. And with, the, and with the first season, that the love in the household between Anne Marie and Nezrin and I, that that came through. Oh yeah, maybe absolutely. So, that's no, really everyone. It, it, it's all love, and especially in those first two seasons. You you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think the other thing that makes everyone else's presence so wonderful is that again going back to fishing with john it was a guest based show whereas painting with john is mostly about you so when anyone else shows up it's like oh what a surprise you know what i mean it's not uh-huh. like anyone's tired of you the show is about you but it's like a nice little accent to see anyone else kind of pop up on the show was it ever at, at, at its inception was there ever any talk of it being like fishing where every episode you'll have no, to guess no, just no. too difficult no and live. HBO kind of really was so nice to me and just like whatever you want to do you know it's wow. your vision they really let me do but they just thought, have you thought about having a guest that's as far as they went have you thought about it but Fleet we're really close right. and that was easier to do than somebody I don't you know I mean, it could open, but that, that's what so invented the thing of us, you know, the military coming, putting us in the prison, so it wasn't just a straight up interview thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I did try to do this thing when I first got Lyme disease, where I would be lying down on a couch and, and do an interview with somebody else lying down on a couch. It was <laughs> going to be called, Are You Comfortable with John Lurie? Huh. If you get that the, sounds, if you that get the, pretty great also. And um, we were going to do it for IFC, and then it got really ugly, and I pulled out of it. But um, we did the pilot with Eddie Izzard. But, but I thought oh, that could have been great. I really thought that could have been good. But it was also because I was so sick, it was the only thing I could have done at the time. Yeah, right. I, now, I have a question. You said that episode two is one of the best. Do you mean of this season or of the whole show? This the, whole, the whole thing. Episode two, because... Also, because I had the idea a year ago and didn't know if I could pull it off to have this one piece of music that went 
the entire 20 minutes and with the tempo changes and everything. It was incredibly just mathematically complicated to do the music first and then tell the story and then go back and alter the music and then all the animation that Eric had to do. It was just a lot of work. And uh, I didn't know if we could, if it was going to happen. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the best one. See, that's interesting that this isn't, in, I'm not combating what you're saying. It's interesting because those are all the same reasons why Small Car is my favorite episode of the entire show myself. Because that's, that, yeah, that's the song. my favorite song. On, on the other hand, because it was so much work and it's only just finished within the last, whatever, so many months, Yeah, my opinion of this could change in five years. And then once I get away from it, I say, oh, no, what are you talking about? Just because you work so hard on that one. Sure, sure. But, but Small Car, too, I mean... I met Nezrin because of the car, the song "Small Car." That's her was her famous, and so she wanted to meet me because of that song. It, it's an amazing. I discovered Marvin Pontiac. Through, you had a short-lived podcast years ago, and on one of the episodes, you talked about how you have this alter ego, Marvin Pontiac. He's black, and you talked about the kind of dangers of a white artist being black. But it's like you could just just make him a separate person. You don't have to act black or do just. You you talk something along the lines of like I'm still using my own voice. I'm doing. I'm not doing anything disrespectful. And well, actually, played. I mean, so th- that record came out in what ninety eight. I mean ninety seven, ninety eight, something. Like that. So, I mean, so it's, the attitude towards something like that then and now is so different that uh, sure. I just think. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure. If they, no, but I was I, just I, thinking I, how to talk about this without getting into trouble. We don't no, want but, you to get into trouble. Saying, but there is no way to get in trouble because I think artists, even now, I think p- people do stupid stuff when it comes to cosplaying. But even in the '90s, your, your whole point behind Marvin Pontiac was like you weren't trying yourself to be a different person. You made up this fictitious person outside of you, recorded music. It was almost it was almost like a painting. You have different elements. Yeah, a, uh, yeah, I, yeah. That's how that's how I saw it. Together, yes, you know. And then I discovered Small Car, and then I listened to it all day that day. This was about when was that podcast? I think it was like 2013, 2012, and I just was so hypnotized. But I mean, it's one of those things where my wife knows how much I love that song, and she watches the show along with me. And then they did an episode when episode when that episode in season two a small car came up my wife was like oh babe this is your song like that's how <laughs> much i so it was so weird of all the music that you've done at, at that time you chose to focus on that one song was there a reason for that or because it's because it's nesman's favorite song but i didn't know if we could make the you know the image of it the video of it live up to the song but eric pulled it off um oh it definitely did it's yeah, Nezrin's playful, childish quality to the song. Yeah. It's, like a, it's, a, it's storytelling. It's a song, we know. did it in season one with Garden Gnome. Oh, that's Garden a very, Gnome. That was so a good. very short song. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying... And Eric wasn't quite as good at, at, at it. That You know, he got really good. At, I mean, what he did with Potato was... It was really something what he did. And you know, you that, know when any time you see a TV show or a movie and then... There's five minutes of names that go by, 300 names on people. Oh. This, this show is me, Eric, and Nezrin. It's the three of us doing what? every every fucking thing. What's the editing like? How do you mean? So what? So you all edit together? What is? I just am so interested in, to, in what We're, the editing I mean, room is like. Eric sits at the breakfast table all day long with the headphones on. And we shoot something, and then he, he goes back to his spot at the breakfast table, and uh, and he edits and he puts things together. And then with it was different with season one, so we, we got it kind of part way. And then he went to Montreal, and I went to New York, and it was COVID, so we did it via email. Him was sending stuff back and forth. Then season two, I went to Montreal where he lives for a couple of months in a hotel and we did it there and then this season we did it mostly down on the island we did most of it down there we did it all down there and this this season for the first time and it was guy he's amazing this kid the first two years we sent the sound and the image to these post house places and then we would just like sit there crying ask for the show we shot to have it back because oh this is how it's done 
Right. So Eric did everything this time. The final product is all Eric. There's no post thing except for we had, oh my God, I don't remember his name. Oh my God, what was his name? Nez, what was the sound guy's name? Oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. This, on, the well, guy who we, mixed the guy who mixed the the episodes. Uh, Colin, yeah. Oh my God, he was great. So Colin, oh, I've lost his last name. Anyways, but it was just us, and it was as professional. You know, you can do, yeah. People, you can do stuff now without getting some studio behind you. You just have to spend the time to, to work on something to make it good. You can do things with, for no money now. And that was the real exciting thing about the first season. It was just like, we weren't doing that for HBO. We were just doing it to do it. Yeah. And you don't have to go to these creepy people and try to get money for your script. You can just do it now. Well, do you think that opens... Oh, it was Colin L. Alexander, by the way. Is Thank you. <laughs> good good work. <laughs> it, um, no, but I think going back to um, John Wilson's show, your show, even some of the stuff that Nathan Fielder's doing, and a lot of other shows, shows are less expensive to make. Joe Parra. Joe, oh, of yeah, but that last, that last season of Nathan Fielder must have been really expensive, no? Very expensive, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, wait, are we talking about... We're talking about the rehearsal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, he came from... I mean, still in comparison to other shows, it doesn't cost a lot. I, no. I just think... Do you think the the lower budgets and, like, give opportunity to... to uh, I feel so weird saying this, but, like, to, like, progressive artists or just to different people who wouldn't necessarily have a chance 20 years ago to do a show? You know well, what I mean? Well, they probably... I mean, the, the equipment's made it easier for people to, to do it yeah, on a sure. shoestring. So, but... I mean, when's a racer head? You know, it's. Sure. Um, well, that took a long time to make. Yeah, that took a long time to make. Reasons, yeah, I still understand what you're saying. You just have to have the drive and and the. Sure. You have to really want to do it. You have to feel compelled to do it, yeah. and. But then well, you are doing it. You you have been doing it. Like yeah, the, the, it just yeah. does seem like things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And there'll be nowhere to show it. You know, there'll be nowhere to. Uh, how how do you mean? Just like all the TV channels will be. Oh sure. You know, owned by Elon Musk and all, you know and you know it'll just be like, it just gets harder and harder to. But there'll be other venues, I'm sure, but. But it just, the corporate ceiling just sort of seems to be flattening everybody. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, uh, solidarity to all the striking artists. And Yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them. You know, when I used to do film scores, there was a contract. And it said that any musical idea I had during the time I was doing their film score, they owned it. Oh, my God. And I wow. told my lawyer, I said, I'm not signing. they got to take that out. He said, well, they're not going to know. And I always said, but it's the point of it. I, yeah, I, won't, point. I'll, I will turn down all this money. They have to take that out. Because I know I can have an idea and then not tell them I had the idea. But this just sets the thing in motion of like, you own my mind for the three months I'm working for you? Right. Fuck mm -hmm. you, people. Just fuck. I mean... And actually, film, I mean, that's probably, of all the things I've done in my life, composing for film is probably what I would have been best at. But it's just, they make everything so miserable. They just make you miserable. Without going into great detail, your film scores are excellent. And you've been making powerful, great music for like 50 years. And well, there's a 20-year gap, though. So, but yeah, sure. Yeah, but but you you were given this gift, and we were given this gift to to reopen, to have this painting with John, to have people revisiting, to have people, you know, young kids, young like younger kids that I meet are like, oh, uh, you oh you like painting with John? I'm like, yeah. Have you checked out uh, fishing with John? They're like, yo. I just checked that shit out. That I really like it, and like, right. like, oh, you got to check out the music too. And they're like, oh yeah, because I was like, 
I was like, I'm, I'm using like kid language because like I, I know some. <laughs> That's where you're going. Oh yeah, <laughs> I get it. I, I do I do martial yeah, arts. Bro. Yeah, dude. I do martial arts with some younger guys, and they will be like, "Oh yeah, that's a vibe," or "or that's dope," and and it's exciting when they ask me about stuff, and it makes them interested and curious. Your art makes people curious, and that's what I love about it. That's cool. Nesmith's Nes- Nes- been getting these emails through the website from this thirteen-year-old kid, which just <laughs> just makes us really happy when that happens. 13 years. That, see, that's awesome. I love that. And you said you met Nezrin through a song? Yeah, Small Car. She wanted to meet me after. I mean, she wanted to see, meet me. It's after. the power of that song. I believe it. Yeah. That song is amazing. Well, you know, if I, I feel like I didn't get anything back from my music, but I got Nezrin, so I, I guess I did. As <laughs> irritating as she fucking is. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, maybe she didn't. <laughs> I mean, the, the foil of Nezrin... It really makes the show and it seems like you know you have a really uh wonderful uh tv portrayal and that's awesome i mean yeah it, it's it's amazing the ability we have for our music and our art to continue to inspire things moving on and moving forward um i know this but on little- the other hand you know i mean I'm smarter, better looking, and more charming than Donald Trump, Joe Biden, George. I mean, I should have more of an effect. on. I don't know if I'm really helping the world except for in moments. Do you know what I mean? But all we but have all is anyone moments. can do. But all he, we he have is a lot of moments. All we have is moments. All we have is now. All we have is the Tao. Like we can only just deal with what we have and and if and if we understand that life is suffering and then can create joy from it every single moment is a gift but you so, just in one sentence you just switch from being a Taoist to a buddhist you realize that right i do i do and that's <laughs> okay, that's I'm the dialectic <laughs> um yeah uh, I, I don't know i also think decades of moments adds up to a lot i hope i hope but you, you know, I, sometimes it's not about hope it does i mean i think both the Scott and I are living proof of that, and we know a lot of people that know you, so that's all you can, you know. I'll get, so for example, my father, who loves all kind of jazz, I think it's safe to say Farrell Saunders was his favorite artist. Um, yeah. When I was in my 20s, he didn't know about lounge lizards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and I put my father, this might, I mean, when it comes to just jazz, as vague as that sounds, my dad was the genius and, and the, the, the savant between the two of us, and I put my dad onto a new group, and, and he loved them. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but did it, but still, did it help people in Yemen? Do, do you know what I mean? I that, can't answer that. No, but, but, that's, but that's, just where, that's where I get stuck sometimes. It's what, like I'm, I'm going to go paint, and then I read the news, and I just go like, oh. What, what, I, can say, what I can say, John, and, and just to, to um, like, my... One, I do battle with my with my beliefs that go bet- that vacillate between Taoism and Buddhism all the time. So thank you for for putting me on blast on that. I <laughs> I, I own that. Um, and the thing is, um, I I work at a hospital and I listen ah. to your music and then I go work at a hospital. So yeah, maybe I'm I'm not in Yemen. But no, but fair enough. That's a fair enough example. Well, can I, Scott, can I add? I, 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 I just want to add one more thing. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I work, I usually don't talk about my job on here. I, I'm vague. But like, I work at a hospital in the middle of a pandemic in, 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 in Baltimore. And it can be really fucking hard some days, man. And knowing that I was going to talk to you today really put a skip in my step and help me do the job that I need to do. Cool. Okay. Good. Thank you. I'll take it. That's really nice. To Scott's point, I wanted to add, so firsthand, John, I had a kidney transplant many years ago. Oh. I was a a guy recovering from my kidney transplant listening to Small Car a lot. Like, you know what I mean? So I think something like that, I would hope something like that means a little something. You oh know? God, yeah, it means everything. I mean, and and we get those letters, you know, and, and yeah. it's it just 
yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not. It's just, I, well, I always just, but on some days, you know, you get up and you're going to paint, and then it's like, what good is this doing? But it does do good. You just, it you does. know, you get depressed, you, you know, and you get, you lose it sometimes. Though I'm not depressed right now, so I don't even know why I bring it up. Let's choose. You guys go back to one of your questions. That's the sure. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the kind of stuff we do. But go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Uh, what? What is there? Any? Are there any young artists or filmmakers or musicians that you've that have been bringing you joy lately? Nah. I mean, that's I don't fair. pay so much attention to the music stuff, but uh huh. And I don't really know. And also because. You know, I really lost music for a long time, and so it became such a painful subject in general. I couldn't listen because of what it did to me neurologically, and I couldn't play, so I was so for a long time, music, I had to sh blank it out because it was just such a painful, so I stopped listening completely. And I would sort of wait to hear about stuff, but wouldn't go looking for anything. So I don't really know what's happening. Um, I like the Safties. Um, the Safty brothers, yeah. And I have big hope for them going forward, you know. And who else? I mean, I hate. I think you know we're gonna finish this, and an hour later, I'm gonna go. Oh, why didn't I say? Oh, him and him and him. And then all the time uh, online, you know, like you see paintings by somebody you've never heard of. I go, oh, that's interesting. That's different. You know, that happens quite often. You're 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 legitimately one of my favorite painters, and I'm not, like, you know, I, James Carey Marshall, Bruegel the Elder, Philip Gaston, uh, you know, um, my favorite is probably Francis Bacon. You know, these are these are artists that evoke. Um, evoke things in me van gogh i know van gogh like is a very popular artist but yeah but he's still he's still he's one of those ones who transcends the cliche transcends of uh, me just but you know with bruegel what i study about with bruegel is the corner of the floor the wall Ooh, the ceiling yeah. i mean that shit that he i mean the elder i mean it's just like yeah, the elder. Yes. The, 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 a, a tabletop, you know, not the people or the vase or the dog. Or, it's like, well, look at that shit, man. You know, that's what really gets me with Bruegel the Elder is just a wall. You know, this is an amazing painter is Bosch. Like, he, I think he invented techniques that didn't exist before him. Such as? I, I mean, I don't even know how he did. You know, there's a, a painting, one of his paintings. You look at a detail of a glass in one of his paintings, and it's just like, how the fuck did he figure out how to do that? He was, you know, from outer space or something. But yeah, I don't know. Is is there young people in music I should be listening to? Oh man, I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I don't. You don't have to answer that. No, no, I do because well, I'll take it back to to Ram LZ. Some of some people I feel were influenced by Ram LZ. I've I've been strictly mostly in, into hip hop these rap specifically these last few years. But may, may check out a guy, check out Makami. He's he's a very abstract artist. He's also a painter himself. How do you spell M A K? M A C H. Uh huh. H O M M Y. Okay, I have heard and of him actually. Kind of the 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 the, the cliche. Ram LZ comparison, but I, I it makes sense as a guy MF Doom. I don't know if you if you're familiar with him at all. He's so, another guy to check. MF uh, Doom. Uh, uh, what's the second one? MF. Yeah. Doom. MF yeah. Doom. I've heard of him too. Um, actually. Yeah. So but Scott, throw, throw some. Throw some yeah. So, uh, have you heard music for saxophone and bass guitar by Sam Gendel and Sam Wilkes? No. Oh, I think. I think you would like. I think you would like it. It's it's like new, new instrumental music, and it's it's live. And oh, I, I really think that it that's would, the title of it: music for saxophone and and was, bass guitar. Well, yeah, and bass guitar. I, I'll look that up. Oh, it's one of it's one of the records awesome. that I've really enjoyed uh, in the past few years. And um, uh, Madlib uh, recently did. 
did a record that was executive produced by Fortet that I thought was absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of beautiful music. Uh, it's definitely hard. I think you know the pandemic music is not always the most exciting stuff to listen to. <laughs> um, but there, there's but what about movies? You guys are basically movie guys. Where are the good movies? There must be good movies out there that I don't know about. I, 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 there are. So are you? So Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, he released uh-huh. a movie this year called Infinity Pool, which I liked very much. Infinity Fool? Pool. P-O-O-L. Like swim, swimming yeah, pool. Yeah, I never Infinity heard of pool. that. Yeah? It's, oh, it's um, really good. It, it is good. It, it's also, but it's it's one of those things where it's the type of movie that, of course, David Cronenberg's son would make. I yeah. do mean that as a compliment, but yeah. Brandon Cronenberg is very much like his father, um, which I, I dig. Some people don't. Um, what are some well, other recent... What, what, yeah, you like the Safdie brothers... What are some of your what What are some movies that really do it for you? Uh, first one that comes to mind is No Country for Old Men, but okay. you know, I'll, you, I'll, go ahead. Have you seen Zama? No. Oh, yeah. Well, if you, great. Lu- Zo- yeah. Zama by Lucretia Martel is is a slow psychedelic western tragedy where that that's a little more funky, but. Yeah, no country for old man. I'm just trying to give you some left field joints. It just gets progressively yeah, Zama, that is, just gets progressively strange as the movie goes along. It's right. like a I don't want to call it a perfect movie because I, I think that misrepresents it, but it, I'll, I'll call it a masterpiece. Is it online? Yes. Okay. In, in a couple places. And the other one's Infinity Pool. I'm not going to remember all this, you know. I'm I'll, not, I'll, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll DM you on Twitter or something like that. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll give you the list. Um. I just watched. I, I watched the last second season of Fargo, the TV show. Oh, nice! That was really pretty good, you know. And uh, what else did I watch? There's some TV shows that are good now. Um, TV's great. It's kind of. I mean, it used to be like. Maybe you guys are even old enough to. But I'm mean, used to be an into. Oh, that's TV. It's not a movie. But now TV is kind of more, you know. Has more substance on a lot of the times than movies. Um, yeah, The Wire. Um, I don't know. Lost my train of thought. Can you? You're gonna email me Infinity Pool and Zama and yeah. music for saxophone and bass. Yes, yes, we will. Inter- we will email you all of that. And yeah, there's there's lots of yeah the movies there are brilliant movies being made every year it's it's just a little harder to sift through and yeah. the, the tentpole pictures make it a little more difficult but then yeah like for all of that stuff you know on Netflix Nicholas Winding Refn made Copenhagen Cowboy last oh, year God, hell yeah Absolutely. which I, I, I don't know that either because so, I go searching through I go searching through that shit I go to Hulu and Amazon Prime and Max and Netflix and go looking for stuff. Have you well, seen it's I- a daunting task sometimes because some streaming services just release stuff with minimal promotion. So you go to some of the places you mentioned. It's like, when did this come out? When did this come out? And then yeah. for me, I get overwhelmed. And well, I'm also, I'm, I'm worried the know. painting with John is going to disappear. You know, like... HBO, but HBO is a little different than... HBO had the television factor on lock before streaming. So I think, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, stuff you were on like Oz or um, Sopranos. I think people kind of have that sta- that HBO standard that they know. So I think they're one of the people that will kind of survive the, the streaming. Well, of course, the Sopranos is going to survive, but his painting with John going to be more like, you know, S- Sally Cooks in her, her Volkswagen, you know, like, because no. they have a bunch of little shows like that, you know. Right. Yeah, but it you, it ain't it ain't a little show, John. It ain't, and you have this, you know, pedigree of just making art for so long, and yeah, I just I don't I don't see it happening. I really don't. Okay. I wonder if they're gonna keep. keep well, I shouldn't even say that. Um, you all right, you guys? Uh, John, we we really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry it took for you know all these years to do it. No, sorry. Dainu. Dainu. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, you guys. All right. Thank you. Take Have care. Have a great rest of your night.
one thing to say to you. I have one thing to say to you. And that is the next time you are not feeling so well, try to remember the day the farmers went out, the little gray farmers went out on a long drive. Oh, <laughs> God.